going on, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Cheers from the Press Box. I'm your host, Brennan Tassif, joined as always by my good friend and co-host, Mr. Joe Dorville. What's up, Joe? What's going on, Brennan? We smacking people, baby. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> I got that kind of energy right now. Uh, if you guys don't know what Joe's talking about, he's referencing uh, Big <laughs> Willie style, Mr. Yeah. William Smith. Getting Maggie with Chris it. Rock, which was an atrocity, and it's just everything that's wrong with society now. And Chris Rock, really, I'm sorry. Anyway, I can't take this violence in my in my day to day entertainment. Even though yeah. I watched Squid Games the other day, <laughs> and people literally were dying. This is this is too much for me. Hey man, like we always say, you can say whatever you want. You just got to be ready to bear the consequences. Anyway, it's the video the games. Show. It's too much violent video games. If you're new to the show, just so you know, Joe and I are going to um, go through some of the biggest topics in uh, the biggest sports, NFL, NBA. We're talking a little NHL as well. Then we'll have the quick hits. Uh, this week, Joe and I are going to touch on the NCAA tournament and the quick hits, both men's and women's. Then we will do our walk off. Sometimes it's a short essay portion. Sometimes uh, we'll riff or read another article we really like and want to give some credit to. This week, Joe and I are... Um, going to have a discussion about something because I feel like it's something we both disagree on. We've been putting it off for a couple of weeks because the shows have been running long, but we're probably going to get into it, get into it this week. Then we will finish with the press conference, but we're going to start this week. Same way we do every week, Joe. Ready to return the opening kickoff. Perfect way to kick off. Here we go. All right. This week we are starting the kickoff with the NFL. Dun, 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 dun. Some crazy trades, uh, some crazy <laughs> stuff happening just a month out of the draft. Uh, combine is over with. Pro days are pretty much over with. A lot of teams trying to get better. Joe, biggest trade since we talked last, the Dolphins yep. went um, out from under the Jets and scored Tyreek Hill. I don't think the Jets were pretty close on that at, at all. From Oh, I... Uh, I Heard I would listen to two different podcasts, um, Field Yates and Mel Kuyper Jr. Time everyone was saying the Jets were pretty much there, and then the Dolphins. Oh, 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 I don't think that the Jets weren't there, but if you heard Tyreek's press oh, conference, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, the Jets okay. were never there, <laughs> never there, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so this is gonna this causes a lot of mayhem. Of course, the Jets have two picks in the first uh, ten in the upcoming NFL draft. But I want to talk Dolphins with you. So <clears throat> Tyreek Hill goes to the Dolphins. They've got um, quite a few weapons there now on paper. Yeah. It seems like the They've problem been busy is this offseason. Yeah, definitely. But the problem, in my opinion, is the one person they need is not the person that they have. Uh, talking to a tongue of Aloha. I mean, I know it's only. He's still young. He's still trying to get his feet under him. He is still he finally is fully recovered, hopefully from that devastating injury he suffered in college. He was basically playing hurt the last couple of years. Um, I don't think he's going to be able to get some of these guys the ball. What do you think? How do you think the Dolphins look in that very daunting AFC East? Um, I think he will be able to get these guys the ball. There's if we learned anything from the back half of the season last year. Um, one, he had, I believe he had the lowest rated offensive line and his numbers were still comparable with, you know, some of the guys around the middle of the pack of the league last year. Um, but for completion rating, I think quarterback rating, he had one of the higher ones with the lowest offensive line. Um, 
So they went and got some offensive line help. Teron Armstead. The only thing that's interesting about that is he's a left tackle, not a right tackle. And that only is uh, only spotlight that because two is a lefty quarterback. So they need a right tackle still for his blind side. Um, but I think now is Tua going to be a down the field, throwing the ball, explosive offense type of guy? I don't think so. But I think that's why they are pairing him with some speed demons where he could throw his three yard outs, his five yard ins and whatnot. And then, hey, the fastest guys on the field, Tyreek, Raheem Moister, uh, Jalen Waddle, go get me another 20 yards after that pass. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I, the, his game is predicated on his accuracy. So if he can get to the, he can get the ball to the spot and it's a spot that has space for the guys to run after the catch, then they'll be doing what they want to do. Yeah. Everyone knows uh, my stance on Tyreek Hill. He's not a physical receiver. He's not a great route runner, but he can definitely get open with the speed that he has still has it. Um, so if Tua can get, like you said, if Tua can get him the ball, he can make some plays. And especially with Waddle there, too. So you got mm-hmm. Tua on a rookie deal, Waddle on a rookie deal. And then you got, you know, you gave up all this capital to get Tyreek, though. But you, you, that offense is in place, especially going out and getting arms. So that's huge. And the guy that and they, they have at right Desecchi tackle, Austin well. Jackson. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. The tight end. And then Austin Jackson is their right tackle, which would be to his blind side. He's only 22. They took him in the first round. He's a top 20 pick. They took just a couple of years ago. So I think that offensive line is going to be shaping up a lot better. I still think that it's the Bills division to lose. And everyone saw that what the Patriots were able to do last year with the new quarterback in place. So other than the Jets, I think there's going to be some uh, some difficult competition in the AFC East. Um. The Bills definitely are going to be the cream of the crop, but I, I mean, we both had higher hopes for the Dolphins than they ended up panning out last year. Yeah, um, definitely. And that defense seems to be good, and they've held over most of all the people. So if the offense can get a benefit from Mike McDaniels coming over, implementing some of the, the tactics they use in San Francisco, and that defense maintains... I I wouldn't be shocked if they gave Buffalo a run for their money. Okay. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, I'm just saying because B- Buffalo, as good as Buffalo is, they had periods where they weren't as stellar as they ended up being at the end of the season, i.e. Your, the game against you guys um, yeah. where they couldn't score a touchdown. So I wouldn't be shocked if if Miami can keep a high level defense on the field, but then combine that with a high powered offense. I mean, that just sounds like the recipe for a 10 plus win season. So I wouldn't be shocked whatsoever if these two teams are fighting for the division game in and game out, similar to how the Patriots were last year. Yeah, that's true. I yeah, I, I could see how that could happen. As long as as long as like you said this whole time, as long as Tua can get the ball where it needs to go, they <clears throat> they can compete. And I, I say it constantly. It's the NFL. Everyone's good. I fucking am so tired of people being like, Oh, well, they're gonna be garbage. Even the Jets could probably give people a run for their money. But I don't know about that. 
<laughs> Let's talk about the team that Tyreek came from. Uh, Andy Reid saying that they had to trade him due to cap issues. The Kansas City Chiefs. So it was Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Tyreek Hill. That was the little uh, three-headed monster that they, well, not little. That was the big three-headed monster they had in Kansas City. Now, the star speedster is in Miami. So that just leaves Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes as that foundation for that dynasty of one that the Chiefs had for the last four years. Where do you think the Chiefs are going to go? I mean, I know they signed uh, Valdez Scantling uh, from Green Bay for to a three-year deal, but that's not... I mean, they're kind of... And they the, signed Juju Smith-Schuster. That's who it was. So they've got size now. It's interesting the route that they took because they went from one of the notably fastest wide receivers in the NFL to two of the more physical, bigger specimens of man at wide receiver. Juju's like six, four. And I think, uh, what? Scantling's like six, two. Is my perception of Juju just, uh, odd because he was playing with Ben and just catching five yard outs his whole time there. Is he a big receiver? Okay, six one. Consi- but I, say, I consider him a small receiver. He's two fifteen, so that's not that's not little. Okay, it's not gigantic, but it's not little either. Um, I was really hoping. I thought he was taller than that. I was really okay. I was like, man, what are you? Valdez Scanling's the one who's six four. That's yeah, I knew I one like, of them. Scanling is a bigger guy, but he's also yeah, a he's, deep field down. He's the field six four, two oh six, and then Juju is six one, but two fifteen, which is a big, big dude. I mean, a lot of people forget, but Megatron was you know two thirty five at six four. So they're not. I mean, they're smaller, but they're not that much smaller than he was. Uh, I'm more interested in what you think the offense is going to look like because these are not. I mean, they're NFL wide receivers, so they're all good, but they're not down the field burners. Like Tyreek was in his own world when it comes to that kind of stuff. So do you think this alters the shape of their offense? Um, I think the offense looks different. The thing with Tyreek was when he had a great game, he had a great game, but there'll be times where he could disappear for sure. Whereas, and now, and then with it being focused on having one guy that's the main target. So having more weapons is always going to be a benefit. And if you can sign more, multiple people with the money you're going to give Tyreek, like that's going to do nothing but enhance um, your standing at that position. And they also said they want to focus on shoring up that defensive line. So they want us to put that money in other places. So I think the offense, I've never seen outside of the year where uh, Andy ended up getting fired from the Eagles. I've never seen a bad Andy Reid offense. Um, so I have faith that he'll be able to draw up something. And I have faith in Travis and uh, Patrick to not miss a beat, even with these new guys and implement something that will work for everybody. Um well, I'm more intrigued to see what happens with their defense because, if I'm not mistaken, I think they let go of Frank Clark or they're restructuring his deal, and then they let go of Tyron Matthews. So that defense, which at times last year we were like, is this a championship-level defense? Is this not? What are they doing? Um, and then I think uh, Ingram, who they ended up getting late last season from says the Steelers, is gone now. So... More importantly, I don't think the offense is a thing to worry about because Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, and now they got Matt Nagy back. I think they'll figure that out. The defense yeah. and Tony's uh, Tony Sperano. Tony Sperano died. Okay, damn it. 
damn it, R.I.P. Tony Spagnola. Um, yeah. I think they that's what needs to be figured out more so. Um, so yeah, I really I've, interesting. I just saw this. Uh, I was looking into some of the offensive weapons for the Chiefs. I didn't realize this, and I probably should have. Did you know they have Josh Gordon on that team? Yeah, they got him last year, but he really didn't do much. Yeah, he only had five receptions last year, but every time I see him on an NFL team, I'm always like, oh, man, my man's still doing it. My man's still out there getting paid. Shouts mm-hmm. out to all the recovering addicts out there. Um, <laughs> all right, so you put this team on the rundown. I'm not sure why. Cincy. You have Cincy on here. You Steve wanted to talk about Spagnuolo. Cincy. Damn it. Yeah, I, I knew it wasn't Tony, but I didn't know what it was, so I didn't want to correct you. Yeah, uh, I put Cincy on there because Brennan Cincy did the thing that we all hope they do. They have done all their offseason moves pretty much have been hoarding all offensive linemen. So with that being their offseason strategy, obviously, because we all saw the pounding that Joe Burrow took for Dan, all, all of last season. It's safe yeah. to say all of last season. Um do you think, you know, will they get past the Super Bowl hangover? Um, so this is the thing. This happens every year. There's always, obviously, there's always two teams in the Super Bowl. And more often than not, one of those teams, normally it's the loser, but sometimes it's the winner. One of those teams does not come back. And we've seen it. I, I'll never forget the first time where I really noticed it. It was that Chicago Bears um, Indianapolis Colts Super Bowl. That was the first time where I was like, everyone's like, oh, Bears, Bears. And then the next year they like fell off a cliff and didn't even make the playoffs. That's when I first started. And I think that was 06. That's when I first started noticing uh, that Super Bowl hangover that they talk about. That and was the one it, that wasn't the Panthers. What? What do you mean? The Carolina Panthers like never were when they played the uh, who they, they played the Patriots, the Patriots. Yeah. 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 Not the not the Broncos one, but the Patriots one. No, yeah, Jake I remember DeLone's that one career too. Just like evaporated. Yeah, Jake Delhomme. <laughs> yeah, and the next year. Yeah, so we've seen this all the time, and I I love Cincy. I love this feel good story. You and I both talked about how they should lose. They needed to lose so that way Joe Burrow could be humbled a little bit, you know, and push them to work even harder. They've gone out and made moves on the offensive line. It's just the Rams are spending, still spending, like there's no cap, and I don't think the Rams are going to be the team that's going to suffer out of these two teams in the Super Bowl. I think it's going to be Cincy. They're playing not in a tough division necessarily, but in a very tough conference. I mean, they do have the Ravens in their division, which is the one team, obviously, they have to look out for. Now, Deshaun Watson is in uh, Cleveland, so that might be if he ever ends up playing this season, that's going to be something they have to look out for. So I don't think this is going to cure the woes just because statistically speaking, normally one of the two teams in the Super Bowl does not do well the next couple of years. And I think that's going to be Cincy in this case. Well, I think, I think, man, I might be drinking the Kool-Aid, but I think they can break that model for the simple fact that their one ale, they've addressed it threefold. Like they brought, they're bringing in Lyle Collins. They're bringing in Alex Kappa. They're bringing in Ted Carras from new England. Um, and and if you can protect the asset, I mean, the guy ended up getting sacked the most for a quarterback who made it to a Super Bowl. I think he led the league in quarterback sacks. Yeah, it was something crazy. He had more. Like, he had like 20 less sacks in the playoffs than Peyton Manning did his entire postseason career. Yeah. So I feel like, like I feel like if that number can be halved, 
that's only going to lead to more offensive production, which is going to lead to more scoring, more output, and they can get back to where they were. Yeah, I mean, you might be right. This is a coin flip. We'll see if it all implodes on itself or if they can do what... I've Obviously, they're not going into the season like, oh, well, statistically speaking, one of the teams sucks the next yeah. year, so it's going to be us. But at the same time, I just think a lot of stuff went right for them last year, especially with Burrow. As much as he was getting beat up to not get injured like he did the year before, that's, that's incredibly lucky, believe it or yeah. not. I mean, dude was taking a pounding. So we'll see what happens. I'm excited to see... I cannot wait for the draft. Cannot wait for the season to start. Lots of draft content coming up in the next month. Get ready, kids. Oh, I'm not happy about that. Um, not a big draft guy. I don't know if it's been articulated before or not. Um, <laughs> usually my team does. This. My team usually does relatively well in the season. So, And we usually screw up the draft. So that's really why, honestly, how we can't get a draft pick right to save his fucking life. Jesus Christ, J.J. Ortega Whiteside, Jalen Rieger, Nelson Aguilar. Come on, hit the sounder. <laughs> All right, going to the NBA. Joe, huge news here in the huge. state of New York. Huge. huge. Um, tremendous news. It's the best news. I've been told huge. it's the best news. Keep it moving. Uh, <laughs> Kyrie Irving is now eligible to play. The mayor lifted the mandate uh, for Broadway performers needed to be vaccinated and ath- ath- entertainment athletes. I don't know. Something weird. Entertainers wording. and athletes. Yeah. Yeah. Entertainers and athletes no longer have to be vaccinated. So Kyrie is back in the building. Uh, what do you think this is going to do for the Nets? Do you think it's uh, too little too late or do you think they can make a push? Um. First, I want to say. For the, anyone who thinks that this mandate was lifted for Kyrie, it wasn't. It was because no. baseball is coming up. Yep. And Aaron Judge is obviously not vaccinated. He's alluded to it, basically. Okay, so, Brennan, I think this is odd. I don't think this really helps them whatsoever, honestly. I don't think they're going to the NBA Finals. I don't think they get out of the play-in. I don't think this makes them that much of a better team. Just going off of what I've seen in the last couple of weeks where they went to they went to Memphis. And Mem- it may be they just ran into a buzzsaw in Memphis, but they went to Memphis. It's a road game, so Kyrie was there prior to everything getting lifted. And Memphis put the beat the brakes off them boys. And Memphis yeah, didn't even bad. have John Morant. Nope. That was a jawless Memphis team that just gave and them four the without beats. John Morant, Memphis Grizzlies. Crazy. Uh, that might be 17 and four now, actually, because he's missed a slew of games recently. Um, and then for Kyrie's enshrinement, first game home since the vaccine man, they got lifted. They lost a close one to the Hornets, lost by nine to the Hornets. So we're not given. Not us, but they are not giving the just due respect to team chemistry and what that ultimately means. Like, you can't miss half a year and just, yeah, it could it could be good in one-off spurts or whatnot, but when it comes down to seven games, like, you need that, you need that understanding to know what your teammate's going to do, and these guys haven't played that much together. 
And then for anybody thinking Ben Simmons is coming back, I ain't got him coming back for the rest of the season. He's not he's not going to play this year. He has a herniated disc. He just got an epidural like last week. So there's very little possibility that he plays the rest of the season because they haven't even started ramping him up in basketball activities. So they can very well be a seven, eight seed, but some of these teams that are have been a team far longer than not, there's gonna they're gonna they're gonna work them. They're gonna work them. And yeah, they may get to the second round, they may get to the Eastern Conference Finals, but I don't see them winning. I, I don't honestly. Oh, I, I don't even have them getting that far. I was about to say I can't see them getting that far, but I wouldn't put it past Kevin Durant just because he is a freak of an athlete and Kyrie is a wizard with the basketball, and they can just themselves they could make something happen. But I think in my heart of hearts, I don't see them moving much. Yeah, I kind of th- I'm thinking that they're going to have to deal with the playing, and then after that they might get past the first round. But I don't know. Some of those teams at the top have been playing out of their mind. All those teams at the top have been playing tough. The only team I'm a little shaky about, we'll talk about later. Yeah, so let's talk about some of the teams at the top. So Boston right now is one game behind on a, this huge streak. We talked most of the NBA season up until the beginning of this new year about how Boston was literally. Middle of the road. It, it, their stat sheet They're was, below the road. <laughs> well, yeah, and their stat sheet was hilarious because it was literally like win-loss, win-win, loss-loss, win-loss, yeah. win-loss, loss-loss, win-win. They were five, like, working in the operation of 500 for a while there. Yeah, and then they've gone, since the beginning of the new year, since January, they've gone on this mega super hot streak, winning games. They're now one game out of the number one seed in the East. It's kind of a fight between them uh Philadelphia and uh, Miami for that one seed. Yeah. So it's insane. But they did just lose Robert Williams, the third, their center, their defensive anchor. He uh, tore his meniscus in his left knee. So he's going to be out for weeks is what the report just says for uh, multiple weeks. Um, He was their defensive anchor. But what do you take away from the streaking Boston Celtics? Man, before that injury, I was like, and like, this morning, they were the number one seed in the East at the time. And it was like, wow, we had threw dirt on this team. Not getting it goes back to what I just said. We didn't give enough credit to a team playing together for a full season under a new coach. So they had to work out whatever they had to work out. And since they've worked all that out, they have been on like Donkey Kong. Like they have not missed a beat offensively, defensively. They have some of the best splits. They have the best splits. Uh, I mean, not splits, but the best point differential in the East right now. And that's just a testament to what they're doing offensively and defensively. And all those guys have elevated their games. Like I, we would talk about how Jason Tatum is just an offensive juggernaut, but now he's taking his defensive assignments and taking them seriously and is stepping up on that end just as much as he is offensively. So if Robert Woods, that injury hurts a lot of what they wanted to do going forward because that man in the middle was so important to everything they were doing defensively. But man, prior to that, they looked like a team that could make it out of the East. Yeah, well, there's a couple key things. So Tatum, the last couple of years has seemed very, you know, rah, rah, like, you know, hey, we're out here having fun. I'm playing with my friends. And then there was, I heard this on, 
the Bill Simmons podcast, but he was talking about he uh, heard secondhand. Forget who he heard it from. Maybe it was uh, it was fucking who's the bald guy on ESPN? Not Scott Van Pelt. That helps they, me nothing. The, uh, the white Billis? guy who played in the end. Yeah, yeah. Who'd you say? Jay Billis. It can't be Jay Billis. No. Was it? I don't. He heard from somebody that um, Tatum was like in an interview was saying like, yeah, you know, <clears throat> I really think it's good that we're having this battle for MVP. I know, you know, I'm really hoping. I, I think he said Embiid wins it because you know we're in the same division, but. It was interesting because then Tatum said, but this is the last year he's going to win it because I'm coming for it next year, which is something we hadn't seen. We hadn't seen that. And you and I have talked about it. We hadn't seen that like fight out of the Celtics mm. in a long time. And now it seems like they almost feel like they've finally woken up. Marcus Smart is now playing fucking point guard. Like we've asked him to this whole goddamn time. Like an actual point like, guard. Like I never thought that guy. Like the funny thing about Marcus Smart coming out of Oklahoma State, I was like, oh, Marcus Smart is like. 6'10", like, this is a big dude, and then it's like, oh, he's a point guard? Like, what? Yeah. Like, I was not, like, that's the second time I've ever gotten tricked. The other time was Justice Winslow coming out of Duke. I was <laughs> like, oh, that's like a 6'10", because he was playing power forward, and they get drafted, and he was 6'6". I was like, oh, that dude ain't long for the NBA. Like, yeah, what the hell? Like, enough. your game is predicated on that, and you're that small? Like, but Marcus Smart has made the adjustments, and has shut everybody up and it has proven that he's the guy for that role. Yeah. Cause he was in trade talks the last two years and now he's finally accepted the role. It seems like, and it seems like they're clicking on all cylinders and there are, <clears throat> so I, like you said, other than the Robert Woods injury, cause that could be huge, but they were clicking. Um, they obviously lost to Toronto, but everyone was out. Horford was out. Brown was out. Tatum was out. Everyone was out that game. So we'll see what happens when they play Miami in a couple of days who has the number one seed right now. Speaking of Miami, soon as we stopped recording last week, our guy, Jimmy Buckets, Jimmy the, Butler. dangerous the, man, the most dangerous man in the NBA got into a shouting Biscayne match. Biscayne Bay bully. With, <laughs> I love that. The Biscayne Bay bully got into a shouting mat- match with Eric Spolstra, the coach championship coach, one of the best coaches in the NBA and reading lips. At one point, it looks like uh, Spolstra said, Wait, you want me to fucking fight you? Um, or something to that effect something on the sideline. Mm-hmm. And but then there was a huge uh, blow up. And then hold on, hold on. Let's not let's not get too far ahead. And then the real Biscayn Bay bully uh stepped in and was like, That is Udonis Haslam for those who aren't initiated, and we all initiated. Finally saw Dark Knight Rises Aren't again. Realized that's where you got that from. Um, yeah, never knew where you were quoting the entire time. Yeah, man, that's my <laughs> one of my favorite lines. But um, objectality and deception. But um, yeah, Udonis Haslam got in there and was like, "Hey, this is your team. Fucking lead it. Don't fight us. Fight them. Them being the Warriors, a warriorless team." without Draymond, without Clay, without Steph, that the Miami went on to lose to after giving a 19-point run to start the second half, and that's when this uh, fight occurred, this shouting match. Um, Brennan, can, what's the breakdown on the fight before the outfall the, of it? What are you saying? What's the b- breakdown of what? What, how did you feel about the whole thing step by step? What were your favorite parts? What were the highlights, the lowlights? Oh, like, my favorite part is Eric Spolster saying, wait, you want me to fucking fight you? Oh, uh-huh. that's my favorite Eric Spolster moment. 
Really? Well, you talk, no. you watch this more in depth. I saw glimpses of this is glimpses of this on Twitter and just randomly. I've heard about it on podcasts throughout. You know, listening um, to different sports radio and stuff. But I didn't actually watch this in real time. I didn't go back and watch the full unedited version. I just saw, like I said, clips of it on Twitter. So you oh, take man. us through what your favorite part was. So my favorite part of this is the fact that Kyle, uh, Kyle Lowry, Kyle had Lowry no walked time. away. Had no time for any of this. He had no time. He immediately got up and walked way out of there. UD MVP, the man, the man in the mirror um, that everybody needs to see. I think a lot of if a lot of people lived like UD, they wouldn't be surprised at what happened last night between uh, Will Smith Chris and Rock Chris and Rock. Um, because, you know, you can get it at any time. That That's what you got to be prepared you, for. Yeah. You can get this at any time. All when right? we say on site, we mean on site. It's on site. All right. <laughs> I see you. It comes. But anyways, um, my, my favorite moment is Spolstra throwing down whatever the fuck he threw down. I don't know if it was the play sheet or the clipboard or whatever. He just threw it down and it was like he arced it and somehow he made five feet look like he threw something 20 feet. Like he just and it hit the ground and then he goes over there and he's jawing at Jimmy and at this point, Jimmy has succumbed. Jimmy is no longer angry. Jimmy's trying to like figure out why everybody's angry with him and Spolster has to be held back. He is a man possessed at this point. Eric Spolster is I forgot calling about the, the ancestors flip. from the Philippines and he is about to rage war on Jimmy Buckets. And Kyle Lowry, the heads up uh, uh, leadership that he showed was he was getting ready to call another timeout because he knew this wasn't going to be settled <laughs> before they had to go back. Because they were on the court and the Warriors are on the court at that point and they're getting ready to start the game back, resume gameplay, and Kyle Lowry's like, no, 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 no. I don't think any of us are ready right now. Um, but yeah, no. Okay, so that's the breakdown of the fight. But um, after that, they were in the middle of a one game. They had just lost to the 76ers without Embiid and James Harden. Lost that game to a Warriors team without Clay, Steph, and Draymond, like I said. Then they went on to lose to the Knicks, and then they went on to lose to the Nets. They are starting to look shaky, Brandon. They're starting to spiral. And when this happened, I was like, maybe this will be the thing that... That's what I thought. Exactly what you thought. Yeah, that fire, that passion, everybody is worked up. Maybe this will be the thing that gets them to that next level. And it has seemingly worked in reverse. It has stagnated all the progression they had. And the only they just snapped this law the their losing streak with a win over the Kings, which is it's not a not real saying win. Much, yeah. no, was, it's not a real win. But their test will be against the Celtics team. And the Celtics first test without Robert Woods, um, even though they just played Toronto, but like you said, a lot of people set out that game. Um that'll be their first test with that game as well. Yeah, so we're going to see what happens in the NBA. Uh, I'm excited to see how this shapes up. Playoffs start in about a month. Two, oh, no, it's like three no, weeks. A couple two weeks. weeks. Yeah. Yeah. All right, moving on to the NHL. Just want to recap real quick. I'm going to talk about the Lightning. Lost three games pretty close in a row, but we have won the last two. The last one we beat the Islanders by quite a bit. Three goals. Uh, Vasile- uh, Vasilevsky is starting to play better. He had a little slump there uh, where he was giving up seven, four, four, seven, two, three. So hopefully he gets things right right before the playoffs. We are at 88 points right now, about six 
behind your Florida Ice Cats. But I think we don't have to catch you. We just have to beat you in the playoffs. Which won't happen because since we've gotten Claude Giroux, Claude, Kyle. Yeah, I got, I got Claude, it. I got it. Claude, I'm doing this. I'm pantomiming Claude's people. Um, since we got Claude Giroux, uh, we've won two out of three. We lost the game to the Maple Leafs the other day. Um, just a poor performance by every all everyone all around. Um, but the two games we won, I didn't even like the way we won those, honestly. Um, four three games, both of them won was overtime victory in shootout situation. Um, yeah, again, our goalkeeping will be the downfall of the team. This team is too good to have such poor goalkeeping. Goalkeeping, goaltending, what goaltending, goaltending. Tending, made this I was to say, before. which one am I not gonna get yelled at for? Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, but yeah, no, the acquisition of Claude Giroux has been amazing. He has four assists in three games. Uh, he had four assists in two games. Just didn't get one in the last game. Uh, four points, I should say. But, um, but yeah, that was a very key acquisition. I still wish we would have got something for the goaltending because it looks as if Spencer Knight he had a bit of an aberration last year coming off his um, win. I think they had won the Frozen Four with Boston. And then he jumped, jumped right into the season last year with us and was kind of just riding that high. And he's kind of come back down to earth. He's only like 20, 21, 22 at oldest. Um, and Bobrovsky is just, he's just super inconsistent. He has streaks where he's great. And then he has streaks where everything's a fucking nail biter. So um, Ekblad got hurt again. But he it's not as dire as last year, and he will be back before the postseason begins. So that is uh, positive. But um, just just win, just get me to the Eastern Conference Finals or whatever they call it in fucking hockey nowadays, because everything's weird. Because there's the Metro Atlantic A one A. Just get yeah. to the finals. Just get, just get, to, just get to the place. Just get to the, just get to the goal, guys. Just get to the end. <laughs> Shout out to Hooper dude. Shout out to the Hooper dude. Uh, most games played as an ice cat. He, he, uh, he leapfrogged some other guy. Maladi fucking right die. But uh, yeah, he's had the most games played under with the jersey on. So, so yeah, I thought that was cool. Got anything else? Oh, no. I thought you were going to surprise how quick and quick. Name it hits. Quick hit. All right. Getting into the quick hits. We're doing an NCAA tournament basketball for the quick hits. We're going to go quick. Joe, men's tournament down to the final four. Duke, Kansas, UNC, Villanova. Who you got? Um, uh, I hate to say it, but now that we're here, just give it to Duke so we can yeah, get That's through. what I was going to say. Yeah, now that we got it down there. I wanted them to lose like a while back, but now that we're here, uh, just give it to Coach K so we can have this storybook yeah, ending. This is, yeah, this is where it's all heading. This is where it's all yeah. going. We've all seen this movie before. That's one one for the old Gippa. Um, shout out to Brian, um, who will be pick, making bets on this NFL upcoming NFL season, but he says that everything's rigged, basically. And, you know, I try not to believe it, but 
the way this NCAA tournament yeah. is shaking out, it's really looking rigged. Uh, they're they're going to get to avenge the loss at Cameron Indoor by playing UNC in the Final Four for, the, shockingly, only the first time these two teams have met up in the tournament. Um, I, I thought that was a stunner. That is crazy. Insane, right? They've so, been huge rivals for like 100 years. Exactly. Um <laughs> So yeah, just give it to Coach K. Get get it done, Coach K. And get another one because I would say Villanova has a good chance, but one of their better players ended up tearing his Achilles in the last game. Achilles or Achilles? I don't know. Um, Achilles. That's how I say it. But I watch yeah. Troy too much. Yeah. Uh, tearing his Achilles in the last game. Um, so yeah, just give it to Duke. Let's be done give with it. it. Moving I on to the women. To UNC. Give it to Duke. Yeah. Fuck UNC. South <laughs> Carolina, Stanford, Louisville, and UConn. I'm taking UConn back to the mountaintop. They've been knocked wow. down the last couple of years by South Carolina. A couple other teams in there. Uh, Stanford won. Stanford won last year. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm taking UConn. I think Gino's going to get them back. Joe, who do you got? Man, I thought UConn was actually going to lose the game to NC State today. That was a great game. Went to a double, double overtime. overtime. Yeah, double OT. Um, I don't know the young lady's name, but she hit that game that game extending three. At the end of the first overtime, that was bonkers in my household, if you know me. Um, but I'm going with who I've been riding with all year, man. It's Dawn Staley, Aaliyah Boston, and South the South Carolina. Carolina Gamecocks. Like, they're just the best team as far as defensively. They stop everybody, and they get enough points. Um, and they're, I mean, I don't want to say they're the best coach team, because all these teams are pretty well coached at this point <laughs> once you get to the Final Four. But, yeah, Dawn Staley just... Look, I'm rooting for everybody that's black. Don Staley is a black woman, proud black woman. I'm rooting for Don Staley. All right. <laughs> Beautiful. Let's move it on. Welcome to the big leagues. Two runs. Walk off homer for Cabrera. You can smile. That's okay. Man, we've got right. to zoom through this episode. I didn't even realize. Yeah, we did, which is good because I'm starving and I want to go get food. Uh <laughs> So I I wanted to pose this question. I'm going to set up this walk-off. This is going to be a walk-off where Joe and I kind of uh, have an in-depth conversation about one topic that I didn't really think would fit anywhere else um, at the time because I wanted us to, to actually dive into it uh, just a little bit, not too long. But uh, Joe, you and I have kind of skated around this idea uh, when we've had conversations about teams. Um, and I know your take a lot of times is, well, if you win the championship, it's worth it. Now, my question to you on, on Keep that my wife's notion name is, out your fucking mouth. <laughs> my question to you on that notion. What are we doing? G.I. Jane, too? <laughs> and that's my Chris, Chris Rock. It's more like Chris Tucker. But um, what what is the realistic cost of a championship? And I, 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 what I mean by that is this. So the Rams gutted their entire draft capital. They don't have a first round pick until like 2028. 20, they are up against cap hell every year because they go out and buy all these players, all these name pay players, all these big name on paper players. Uh, we saw it. We see it in the NBA constantly with the, the shifting, the big threes and whatnot. What is the realistic cost of a championship? And I pose this to you because your Eagles just won a few years ago, you know, almost five years ago now, but they win a Super Bowl and then they became that team where they couldn't seem to get too far in the playoffs after that. So what 
in your opinion, as someone who's just won a championship recently, <clears throat> what is your opinion on how much should you gut an organization? How much is it worth? How how many years post championship is it worth to do to make some of these crazy moves that we see, like the Clippers? Okay, Brennan, um, you're a movie guy, so you like you like film, right? Yes, I love films. You like Marvel movies too, right? You're okay with Marvel movies. You're not. You don't yeah, disdain them like. Yeah, me. I'm not. Okay. No, I don't know. So, I'm pretty sure you see. I've only seen this in meme form. I never actually saw it on the screen, but. Um, yeah, I know exactly where you're going with this. Yeah, I believe the young little lady, green little lady, axes. Damn it, Gamora. Ask Thanos. Is it Gamora? I was gonna say Gamora, but I didn't know. Uh, she asked Thanos. Thanos. What, 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 Thanos. I'm going to say Thanos, all right? You say tomato, I say tomato. Mama call him Thanos, I'm going to call him Thanos. Um, she <laughs> asked him, what was it worth? And he said everything. And that's yeah, what it's so worth. I'm, let me, I'm going to clean this up. No, 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 I'm no, no. You set it all you. up. So you set it all up. Okay, <laughs> go ahead. Clean it up for me, then I'll go. No. In the scene, in the scene, she says, did you, did you, basically, did you get what you want? And he says, yes. And then she goes, what did it cost you? And he says, everything. I know this scene because it was a really popular meme when the Jaguars beat the Patriots. So the Patriots knocked us out of the playoffs. Then the next year we beat them in the regular season. And that was a real popular thing because we ended like up only winning five wins, games yeah, that yeah. year. Oh, five games. Oh, more yeah. than I thought. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what did it cost? It cost everything. And Brennan, that's what it costs. You have to dump all your eggs in a basket and it doesn't like there's only the thing is there's only a few franchises and a few fan bases that are going to revolt to not being in the conversation every year. It's only the you got the Yankees fan base. You got the. I don't know. Patriots. I would say I want to say the Patriots, but I don't know if I want to even say the Patriots. Um, in a post Tom Brady world now, I feel like they're no, smart enough true, to yeah. not think that we're going to be here every year. Well, let's um, talk about the t- yeah NFL. It's the Steelers. They always want to be in contention. That's a blue blood yeah. in the NFL world. Um, the Lakers, the Celtics. These are teams that you know they they the Dodgers. They feel like they More should recently be Golden in State, the Chiefs, Golden State. Yeah. They feel like they should be in it every year, every decade. They should have an opportunity to win. Outside of that, no fan base. If you like the Rams just won one. If the Rams don't win again for another 20 years, like they did 20 years ago, I don't yeah. think the fan base is going to be calling for heads to roll. So at that but point, my my bigger question comes from. When you purposely go out of your way to win now, which we like, we saw with the Clippers getting the game, Paul George and the Kawhi. The name of the game is winning, Brennan. We close the show every week. I can't remember the fucking quote now. This is I'm why so, we play. The, this why, is why it, we play the game. Yeah. We play the game to win the game. So if Hello? you're going to go out there and feel the team and think. And not put all your chips into it and not feel like this is the best team I actually can field. If you're going to be like, mm, I could have done more. I could have done this. I could have done that. And you didn't like I want as an irrational fan. 
I want them to do that. Go no, and spend that, all the money. At the end of the day, it's not my money. Go spend the money. All of it's fake money. All of it's paper money. But what all I'm this, saying is, all of this, doesn't it all make these more contracts sense to do a oh, little bit less oh, longer? All of these contracts, <laughs> a little bit less longer? Who has that worked for any of some of these teams? Uh, we've yeah, seen some that. of these teams that we we're talking about. We saw we saw uh, 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 Seattle try to do that over and over again at the offensive line and at the receiver position. And after when they only were able to win one when Russ was on his rookie deal, and then post that they can never really get back right. to that mountaintop. Yeah, you're right. We've now that seen I'm thinking teams about it. now that we're talking about to it. skirt the system. In half asset over and over again and never been able to fully get to where they're trying to get to. The Cowboys every year try to cut corners where they can and they never get to where they need to get to. You have to commit a thousand percent in order to win the championship there. And and no one. And the thing is, if you lose, no one's going to fault you for it because you tried everything. Yeah, that's true. I, I mean, I guess I understand what you're saying because that makes a lot more sense when you it's I don't watch the show Grey's Anatomy, but I did see a couple episodes once. And at one time they were doing this Definitely training watch Grey's Anatomy and they were like, um, they were like, he's already dead. Like, why would we do this? And then they do all the other stuff. And then the, the, the veteran nurse comes up and she goes, you do it so you can tell the family you tried everything you could to save them. You so I guess in this aspect that you're op- thinking about and it like Brennan, that, that makes a lot more sense. And to your point, and to, it's against your point, but to your, to my point, the Rams have been, they've given up all draft capital. They've given up everything. They won it this year. We've been yeah. saying for the last two years of doing this show, they got to win it this year or they're screwed. The first year we said that they didn't win it. And they were able to get back to the second year. We're gonna. It just leave. seems like the Lakers. They won, but now they're like a dumpster fire. The Clippers, because of a couple of injuries, they're fucked. The Dodgers won one title after spending billions of dollars. It's like, oh, and then you see a team like Cincinnati who has six fucking scouts, and they made it to the Super Bowl. It's like, who's right here? Who's who's doing the right thing here? But they didn't win it. Yeah, I know. They got there with the six scouts, but they didn't win it. They could right. It was close. You've, you've convinced they me. Win it. But Brandon, Tony no, Khan, I'm gonna give him to shoot Tony Khan a text and say we need to start spending. The thing is, the ja- uh not the Jags. Uh never want to talk about the Jags. Um Wow. That's the, the Lakers, yes, they put all the eggs in that basket, but it paid off. It paid yeah, off. Bubble championship, and now they're not even gonna make the playoffs. I mean, you called that, by the way. Jesus Christ. You yeah. called that. Um, Everyone's like, anyways, oh, AD might come back. It's like, I don't think so. I think this is done. Jesus Christ. He has Afro now. I'm like, man, these guys. <laughs> He's been watching too much uh, winning time. But anyways. <laughs> um, Yeah, I feel like if you're not trying, if you're not, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. But if you're not going to put all your eggs in the basket. If, not winning, if it's never losing. a right time, no, not even that. If it's never the right time to commit, then when is the right time to commit? It's going to be true. too late. Yeah. Your window's going to come and go. It's like what people say with kids all the time. It's like, oh, well, if you constantly wait to have kids when you're ready, you'll never have kids because you'll never be you're ready. You're never going to be ready. 
Exactly. Might as well just dump like, it all oh, in. It's all never right, the Joe. right time to break up with somebody. Like, oh, you know, Christmas is around the corner. Oh, and then New Year's is around Birthdays, the corner. Oh, and then New Valentine's Year's, around the corner. Valentine's, oh, you know, yeah. March, St. Patty's Day, we can't break up. Oh, April, you know, April, that's her mom's birthday. Oh, and June, you know, June, ha, 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 start of the See, summer. That's why can't I always break subscribe up. to the idea oh, of July, just drinking so much July, until they really leave. Like, like, it's never a right time to say goodbye. And it hurts. And it, and it, and all right uh, beautiful quick episode this Brown week song. joe you've convinced um, me text and tony Khan. we're gonna spend all the money take us to the press conference yeah just spend just spend like there's no tomorrow do you see these gas prices spend like there's no tomorrow and we'll bring you the press conference in its entirety <laughs> Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Again, I am Brennan Tassif. I also dabble in comedy. Follow me on all social media at Brennan T Comedy. I have another podcast called X Drinking Buddy, where I have a guest on and we talk about crazy stories, drinking stories, getting in trouble stories, uh, drug stories, drinking, just all sorts of fun stuff. That's called X Drinking Buddy. You can follow that um, at X Drinking Buddy on Instagram. And then check out my website, brennantcomedy.com for merch, dates, all sorts of stuff coming up. I'll be in Ohio next month, so that'll be fun. Joe? Drinking stories, drink, drugs, and drinking, drugs, and drinking. Uh, you can follow me on drinking Twitter and, and drugs Instagram. And drinking. <laughs> I mean, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Dorville. You can follow this show's Twitter and Instagram at Hearing Press. Don't forget to check out anulo.co for all the other shows on the network. And don't forget to head over to my website for everything that, you know, I got going on. That's joedorville.com. You can check out the store. You can check out the music under the moniker headphone. Joe, no, oh, no. Hey, Brandon. Get me out of here. And that's why we play the game. Hello. Hello. You shout out. Brandon Linder, retiring. Center for a long time for the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's like one o'clock, Brandon. You're about to go eat. Huh? You have been listening to the Anulo Podcast Network. We have four tremendous podcasts on our current roster. If you like the hit Broadway musical Hamilton, then you also might enjoy hearing the Ham Boys rank every song from the Hamilton soundtrack on Who Does a Podcast with hosts Headphone Joe and Kyle Loader. Get your sports talk radio fix with Cheers from the Press Box featuring Headphone Joe Dorville and stand-up comedian Brennan Tassif. Curious about how the brain works? Get your neuroscience knowledge with some laughs at Misbehavior Journal Club. This fortnightly science-slash-comedy podcast is where two lady researchers bring you the latest studies on behavior. It stars Amiel Moreno and Leah, a.k.a. Leah, or vice versa, Crevet. Finally, we have a new low. The podcast has started it all. This show features Farzad, Headphone Joe, Kyle Loader, L. Greg, and Scott by Scott. They discuss anything and everything depending on their moods or their level of sobriety at the time. Thank you for supporting the Anulo Network, and feel free to share your favorite episodes with friends and family. Thanks again, and goodbye.